It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour, except possibly two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean? Yep. The Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby is now two hours, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh my gosh! Great Scott! Learn about your financial power. The Total Financial Hour, uh, two hours with host Arif Halaby, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, hey, welcome to the show. Happy weekend to you. I'm Eric Halby, your place for news, talk, information, the total financial hour. Get it? Total financial hour. Guess what you're going to learn about today? Getting out of debt, hopefully, managing money, planning for your future. That's the general concept. But listen, I have a great show for you planned today, and because we do, it's built around retirement, uh, travel, what to do, how to kind of stay away from that edge of, of getting bored and uh, you know, being concerned, if you will, about the rest of your life, because so many people, right, myself included, have family members that are retired, and we are concerned always, and we are always happy to, to be with them and have fun, but look especially if you retire prior to the time your your friends do or, or your spouse or other friends that are working with you at this period of time. The most important thing, I think, is as we've talked about before, is purpose. But more importantly with you guys, I need you as the, as the folks that are saying, oh, no, life is good. I'm happy. No problems. Well, then you better check in. Check in with those that are busy. Check in with those that are, are not so busy. Check in with those that, um, you know, retired some time ago because we go through this, you know, Tom Haney is a, is a great author and, and a very enthusiastic speaker. And Tom talks about a couple of things. Really, uh, the core that I like is those three phases in retirement. I don't know if he created it. Somebody did. Uh, after a while, it gets lost. But, but the point is the first 10 years are your go-go years, right? You're busy. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're doing the travel, the honeydew list. And then the next 10 years are the slow-go years, your hip, your knee, a couple of surgeries. And you're kind of staying closer to home, aren't you? You're built around this life, if you will, that is keeping you 10, 15, 20 miles closer to home. You're not traveling as much, not as much as you used to. And then the no-go years, it's the last 10 years or, or at least the third phase, which is when you are closer to your home and you generally don't leave. Church, the store, the house. If you want a visit or if people need a visit, they come to you. Much more uh, of a different way of living than when you had the driver's license in the car and you got in and you, got, and you went somewhere. You know, my grandmother uh, was in her 80s and was getting in a car and driving across the country. And she would come and visit from Michigan and she would say, okay, on September 8th, at this date, I'm leaving. At 8 in the morning. 
and she'd hang out with us and, you know, stay with us. Everything was fine. September 8th at 8 a.m., she was in a car and driving away. That's how punctual and how much time meant to her and how pre-planned her days were. Going to go visit some friends in Florida. Then I'm going back to Michigan or going to Michigan, then to Florida. She'll drive across the country. There are a lot of folks that are in their 70s that are old mentally and one ailment and that's it. Like the old, uh, remember Fred, uh, no, what's his name? Uh, oh gosh, I'll remember in a second. Hemsley from Good, uh, not Good Times. Uh, the uh, He was the dry cleaner, short guy, Sherman Hemsley, right? He would sit, Wheezy, he'd grab his heart. Wheezy, I'm going, I'm going. And he'd always pretend like he was dying. He'd grab his heart. He'd he'd take a couple steps back. It's it's happening. It's the big one, right? There are plenty of you that in your seventies, right or eighties, you stub your toe and you're like, "That's it. It's over. That's it." No, today's modern medicine and a little bit of peroxide, and you're good. You're good for another six months, maybe. Well, for those of you that are either in the go-go years or still feel like you're in those go-go years, we want to talk about travel because it's one of the it's the number one goal of retirees. How much money can you take out of your retirement account? Here's an important part. Look, our goal is to keep some or part of your money safe. But I understand that you might want to say, Eric, this is nice. I just don't want to leave it all to my kids. I want to enjoy it. I want to travel. I want to live. Well, let me give you a quick little tip here. If you still want to spend your money, but maybe you don't have as much as you thought you could or wanted to, and you have your children, and all of them have been reasonably responsible with their own money. Remember, they're not going to treat your money any better than they treat their own. That's important to know, because if you think you're going to give them more money, and now they'll be financially secure, or now they'll figure it out, not true, doesn't exist, not the case, period. 23 plus years and, I don't know, thousands and tens of thousands of people I've met with, I can tell you that is not the case. The money that you work for the hardest, that you earn physically with your hands and sacrifice, that is what you will care more about, period. So if you have kids that don't seem to care about their own money, always in financial trouble, always asking you for a loan, don't give them more money, guys. Either create a trust or give it to charity or have somebody dole out just a few dollars every month or every week, whatever it is. But if you give them a lump sum, look, statistically, eight months and it's all gone. Here's a big check, whether it's 5000 or fifty or 500 Statistically, it's about eight months. Now, we had somebody that was gone in six months. That was 890000 I spoke about him in a recent show. Three kids. One of them was a recovering drug addict who lived with mom. The point was, once the kid uh, who was in his 50s, you know, once mom dies, emotionally he goes into a tailspin. And what does he lean to? Right right back. He didn't keep a, a steady job. He was always, uh, you know, pretty ill. And so, as a result of his drug addiction, he lost over $800,000 in six or eight months. Gone. Homeless, he's on the street. Last I heard from one of his brothers, the guy was walking around the, uh, the valley. On, he saw him driving. He spent all of his money homeless. So if you have a child who has addiction issues, right, wherever you fit, whether you, cho- whether you think he or she chose addiction or addiction chose them, whether you think they're in recovery or not, then meet with an estate planning attorney. 
listen, I, I've told you before, not an attorney who says, oh, by the way, I do divorces on Tuesdays and on Thursdays, car accidents, and I can handle your trust on, on Wednesday. I, I, this is pretty serious. I want you to have somebody who knows what they're doing, who does it every day, who does it every week, and have them build a living trust for you or special needs trust, whatever they think is necessary to accomplish your goals, which is, I have one child, hey, they're great with money, let them have it. I have another one who's struggling, who seems to file bankruptcy every 10 years, who seems to have issues with creditors all the time, who can't hold down a job, and now I'm going to add fuel to the fire and give them money when I die. No, no, no. Maybe you can say, Mr. and Mrs. Attorney, whoever you are, I want you to pay their rent. That's it. Pay their rent and give them $500 to spend on food every month. After that, they're going to have to go to work. They're going to have to earn a living. And I think I mentioned to you a friend of mine who who has become very successful with two daughters. One is extremely financially successful. She, I don't even think she's 30 and they're making half a million dollars a year with their fam, with her business, her and her husband's business. And another one who's younger than her, I don't know, probably mid-20s, who can't seem to hold a job for more than 10 or 15 minutes. Wonderful people, good human beings, attractive, polite, friendly, all of those things. But one can handle money and one can't. Now, maybe someday the younger one can. But what he did is he had it in a trust where the attorney says, I don't know what date, let's just say February 1st every year, come to me with your 1099s and your W-2s. And whatever you earned, you will get the same from the trust. So if you earn $20,000, you're going to get twenty from the trust. If you earn five hundred, you're going to get 500000 from the trust. So in other words, the kid's effort determines their wealth. Not circumstance. Not the ability or the desire because I like you or don't like you. Right? Those are big issues, guys. Because only you will care about the money that you earned as much as anybody. That's the, that's the floor, right? It doesn't get better than that. So I want you to travel. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to be somebody who goes out and has a wonderful experience with the money you've earned. And even if it's that first 10 years, and maybe you push it the first 12 or 15, now it's tough. Grandkids and travel, I get it. But you create a schedule. So here are some things I want you to do to make your money go further. Number one, travel during off-peak times. Stay away from the summers and the Christmas vacations and the uh, time between holidays, right? The, the Thanksgiving. Stay away from traveling. Why? Because everybody else is and the prices go up. Travel during spring and fall. You know how many beautiful places throughout Europe and Central America when when the seasons are not too harsh and you can travel and do what you want to do, whether it's in Asia, figure out the best time of year to go there. Since you don't have to cram yourself into a Friday through Sunday uh, flights, get back to the office. Take advantage of those lower prices, lower travel times, meaning you might fly on a Tuesday. You might leave on a Monday afternoon, especially during the late morning or the afternoon. When everybody else is working or they're trying to get to a business meeting, you don't have to do that. So you can go and come when you need to because planes have to be repositioned anyway. So there are a lot of flights. Now, listen, not as much as there used to be. I, I uh, will admit to that. It isn't the same. Their computer modeling and their scheduling is much, much better than it ever was for the airlines. But they still will run flights 
a little less full, you know, coming from Las Vegas, for example, to uh, Southern California uh, on a Friday afternoon. Those flights are probably pretty empty compared to going to Las Vegas on a Friday evening or an afternoon, right? Or coming from Las Vegas on a Sunday afternoon, just because that's the normal route people take. Okay, here's another one. What about the discounts that you're entitled to? You've heard me talk about AAA before. You've heard me talk about ARP. I'm not a fan of ARP simply because they are an arm. Uh, they've chosen. They've sold out. Frankly, they've sold out. They've sold out to the left. They, they did a calculation as to who was going to have power, who had influence, and they bought into the left. There are still some of you, though, that are conservative and still have chosen to work with AARP. I want to encourage you to, to look at the Association for Mature Americans. It's called AMAC. You'll hear Dennis Prager uh, talk about it all the time. In fact, he likes them. He's a member of them. And he and I spoke, and he said, listen, Eric, it's a long haul to get AMAC the same size as AARP and the same power and influence. But he said, you know what Americans don't, don't get? They don't understand that the same discounts that are available to the AARP members are available to AMAC members. The cost is the same or less. So consider joining them, getting the discounts when you travel, getting the discounts when you stay at hotels, etc. Or how about a veterans group? If you're a veteran, look at booking through them. USAA we've talked about. I love them. Very few people can compete with them. They're just a very good, very solid uh, organization. They've chosen a non-profit model, meaning the people there still make lots of money. Let me tell you, nonprofit doesn't mean the CEO gets paid nothing. No, no, no. The CEO is paid big-time dollars. Okay? But the organization doesn't have to make a profit. The folks that work there get great bonuses, not small ones, big ones. So don't think that these organizations, when they're nonprofit, and I'm not picking on, on, triple, uh, on, sorry, on uh, uh, USAA, it's all nonprofits. There's still a big, big profit and big dollars to be made. However, I like the idea if they pass on some of those benefits to you, that's my favorite. Okay, so consider that as an option. All right, in addition to that, guys, uh, United Airlines offers discounts to senior fares to anyone 65 or older who book online. Starwood Hotels, that includes the W, Weston uh, Hotels and Resorts, Sheraton, and Four Points, also offer up to 50% off for guests who are 60 and up. Listen, hotel are still going to have a maid work. They're still going to uh, you know, bell bellmen work. They're still going to have uh, managers and people that clean the pools. So look at the times when everybody else is going back to work, back to school, and now you can be the person who turns around and says, hey, wait a second. They're going to be here anyway. I might as well might as well use the hotel pool when nobody else is working. So what about this? Travel and health insurance, you've heard me talk about that, especially if you have an ailment. Now, there are some travel insurance plans that are going to say, sorry, we won't cover you because you've been in the hospital with this ailment in the last 60 days or 30 days, et cetera. So look into that. But I like travel insurance if done properly. Sometimes you don't need to waste the money on it. But if you look at it and you do it right, for example, if I have a pretty expensive trip that I'm, I take you know, one nice trip a year, usually to Europe or somewhere, uh, and, I, and I'm on that trip and it's a two weeks vacation or you know, 10 days and it's hotels and it, it, it's costing a lot of money, I buy the insurance because I have elderly parents 
And if something happens to them, and my wife has elderly parents, if something happens to them, we're not going to take our trip. So make sure that whatever the issue is, is covered by, you say, oh, I want to make sure that if, if there's a trip, a trip, what is it, trip interruption insurance, right? If there is, if they cancel one of the trips, right, the airline cancels. We had it where we flew to Europe and the, the plane flight was canceled and we were stuck in Italy until, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night and we were supposed to be at the hotel in Switzerland. This is going back about 12 years, but it was that big trip that we took. And we lost a, a night stay in the hotel, and it was a nice resort, and all of those things. Tough luck. Oh, wait, we had insurance, and they covered it. So consider it for the larger, more costly uh, trips, okay? What about medical insurance? There are some where you need to have airline, uh, sorry, uh, international health insurance that covers you when you are overseas. So ask yourself or check. Will my health insurance cover me if I'm in Singapore or Australia, you know, France, Italy? It doesn't matter. Check to see if they cover you if you're sick or if you're in a hotel or in a uh, hospital there. Here's a good example. We were traveling with a friend. It was a missions trip uh, with church, and one of the elderly gentlemen was with us, and he had diabetes. So where we stayed, we had to make sure that there was a a, a diabetic uh, dialysis machine. Well, there was an infection. He had to be flown back. Fortunately, he had travel insurance. So he had to be flown back. Uh, he was Canadian all the way back to Canada in order to get help. So you need to make sure that that is in, in existence. All right, we're going to travel. I want you to think about this. Packing light is especially important for seniors because when you pack light, well, listen, you're lighter. When you're younger, you might be able to have a heavy backpack and a heavy carry-on and another one. But take fewer clothing items and do laundry more often. Look at the cost to do laundry. Just budget it. Just put it off to the side and say, you know, I'm at the hotel. I know it's very expensive to do laundry there. I've had to do that before. Just do it. Or buy clothes while you're there. Buy clothes while you're there and ship things back and forth if you if you so desire you can ship a box with clothing in there from here via any of FedEx or DHL or UPS ship it overseas and have it arrive at the hotel when you are there and you can ship it back cost less in some cases than buying clothes and doing laundry it may cost less in the extra baggage fee depending on how you fly whether it's coach or business. Sometimes they give you only one check bag or no check bag. So you can save money by shipping it in advance. And when you arrive, it's there. It's in a box. It doesn't matter if it's not in a, in a suitcase, unless you're going to carry from hotel to hotel. But if you're going to have one place as, as the, the, the hub and you're going to travel by train or you're going to travel around and come back every day or two or three or, or in the evening, consider doing that. All right can work for you. And here's an important part if you are going to go on a cruise ship, for example. Get a roll-on, roll you know, the roll-aboard suitcases. I know a lot of people say, oh, yes, that's what I do now. But test it out. When you're at the store and you're buying it, test it out with, with items in it. Don't just test out an empty one and say, oh, yeah, Grandma can carry this around. No, no, no. You need to test it with some stuff in there. 
pretty pretty similar in weight anyway. So you're not wrestling with several bulky bags. For example, if you bring a second bag, make it a smaller one that stacks neatly or even attaches on top of your wheeled bag. So this is a good example of, uh, of how we've traveled in the past. Okay, one of the things that I like is for you to have the ability to take maybe older clothes, especially undergarments that you may not be needing, right? You, you may have one or two uses left in them before you toss them. Set them aside if you're going to travel often. Set them aside. And then when it's time to travel, you, you don't put those, uh, put those in your suitcase. Take them with you. And then when you're there and you use them once or twice, you can toss them afterwards. Right? I, I mean, it might sound a little weird, but if you're going to throw them away anyway, you might as well get one more use out of them when you're, whether it's an undershirt, right? Yeah, I mean, you understand it may not be an outer garment to a nice dinner, but you can throw these away when you arrive. Just an example. And here's something I've learned. I want you to enjoy traveling. I want you to enjoy it because you're the one that has to earn this money. Listen, our job is to keep some or part of your money safe. Triple eight ninety nine retire. I'll give you the phone number again. If you need to talk to us, you want us to keep some or part of your money out of the risky market, right? Take a look this week. My gosh. If you're 32 years old and you have 40 years left before you need this money, no problem. Roll it on red, let it ride, whatever you want to, whatever example you want to give, go for it. But if this is money that you're counting on because you have a trip coming up this winter, because you have a trip coming up this fall, then you need to have some or part of it safe. You have a, a, an income stream. You want to say, this is going to be a substantial part of my monthly income in the future. That's what we do. Listen, we're going to keep things simple, easy to understand. We're protecting the principal and the interest. So don't expect to lose money. That's not how we work, but you're not going to make 20% returns. In reality, you're going to get three to six on average. Okay, two, four, five, six is probably what you're going to get on average, anywhere between zero on the low, meaning you're not going to lose. And the height is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 10 or 12. That's the best case scenario. We're not going to make you rich. We've told you that before. But we're going to keep you from being broke. And every year that interest is added to your account, this is important. Listen up. Every year that interest is added to your account, it is new money. It is not that, oh, last month they took away $400. Now they're going to give you $300. And you say, oh, look, I made $300, says my broker. No, they still owe you $100. Right? Some of you come to me with, with $500,000 in your account. And you'll say, oh, Arif, uh, you know, it was at one point six hundred and fifty, dollars But last year I made $50,000. So I made a 10% return. I say, no, no, no. They just gave you your money back because they owed you 150000 now, you might say, oh, it doesn't work that way. No problem. Look, if the market is up, you better understand something. If it's your money, then it better be your money. If it isn't your money, no problem. Just don't tell me that it's my money. Right? Because they say it's only your money if you make money. Well, then be very clear on something. If it's my money, it's my money. If it isn't, just don't say it is. Can't say that you're making me interest and then giving me my own money back all at the same time and then call it even, right? So with us, if the market goes up, you're going to earn some interest. If it goes down, you're not going to lose anything, right? You could earn interest if the market goes up and it will be new money. Now I say this because uh, let me give you the phone number again. It's 888-997-3847. 
888-99-RETIRE, okay? Because some of the little things that can make your vacation good and not so good is not having a second pair of eyeglasses. (laughs) Really? Uh, I'll share this with you because it happened to me. I wear reading glasses, and I didn't have an extra pair of reading glasses. And so for the rest of the, the vacation, I had to figure out how am I going to read these Right? How, how do I put this close to my eyes or do I back it up and everything? And I couldn't read the fine print. And was I going in the right direction and how did the map work? It was just kind of a pain. And if you wear glasses for distance, same thing applies to you. Bring an extra pair. All right, we come back. I've got some better tips and tricks for you. If you're going to be traveling and then some important uh, updates on Social Security, your Social Security checks being garnished. All right, I'm going to give you some tips and tricks, things that maybe you can help, uh, that can help you. Call me back or give me a call here, 888-99-RETIRE. Long week. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Fallaby in the Total Financial Hour. Stay with me as we continue by TFS Financial Insurance Service on AM870, The Answer. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me this hour of the program. The Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions brings this program to you. I'm Arif Hallaby as we are continuing with traveling. Look, the reason I bring up traveling as part of what I want you to do, it's because it's your money. One of the number one things that people say they want to do when they retire is traveling. Why, Why is that the case? Well, because it takes time and it takes money and it isn't as if you're, you're, you're getting back something that you can physically touch. It's experiences. It's part of life. And those experiences, the part of life, I think makes life better. It gives you a little bit of, of something to look forward to in addition to having memories that you can share with the people you travel with, friends or family, whoever it might be. So one of the, the things that I've learned in my travels is to make sure if you have medications, you take a full supply and take them in the original bottles. Now, you might keep a little sample with you or something you know, close to your person, but have the, uh, the, the actual bottles still in your carry-on, your purse, your backpack, your, your you know, satchel, whatever it is that you physically carry with you. Not something that you might check, especially if you take these smaller planes and you're only traveling with a carry-on, you know, a little mini suitcase or something. Fine, I can check it, but I don't want you to put your medication in that bag. Because as you board the plane, they say, sorry, you're in an Embry-R, uh, you know, 625-seater, so you're not going to have space for your carry-on. So you can carry your little backpack or your computer bag, but you cannot carry the little mini rolling suitcase. So they check it. So I don't want your medication to be in that bag, all right? It's best to take a full uh, supply with you. Finding a pharmacy and filling prescriptions in Europe is not necessarily difficult, but it can be time-consuming and, believe it or not, costly because many prescription items uh, that, you, that you get, you can't just show them a bottle and say, see, I ran out. 
they're going to say you need to go to see a doctor, and I don't know, thousands of dollars, because you know most of the time the insurance is not covered by them. So thousands of dollars to see a physician who will then turn around and write a prescription for you, and then you have to go to a a pharmacy that is willing to fill it for a non-citizen. So these are important things to remember as you're trying to figure out how to manage, if you will, uh, at the same time you're on a tour, and the tour says, we don't have time to stop, or we're traveling, we're going from place to place when the pharmacies or the doctors are open, so you're going to have to go to an after-hours clinic, which costs more. You can see what I'm doing here, right? You got it? So it can be time-consuming, but non-prescription items as well, so vitamins or supplements, they're not always available abroad. Sometimes they, they're not approved in Europe, or sometimes they are still prescription, or they're in different dosages or different uh, different uh, manufacturers, et cetera, okay? So let's see. Instead of Lipitor, I'll give you an example. Here's one that I want you to, to look at. For some of you that might run out of Lipitor, it doesn't exist as Lipitor overseas. It's Adervastin. Adervastatin. Okay, so you might say, well, gosh, I don't have it. What do I do? The medication, just take it with you. Before you leave, ask your doctor for a list of the precise generic medications that you could get overseas and really do something that I think is pretty important, which is just take extras with you. And keep them in two places, right? You might keep a little bit with you or a lot with you or two bottles, right? One, one in one bag and one in another bag just in case something is stolen or it's broken open. We had a bag once that was coming off of the plane, and I don't know what happened, but it must have, I don't know, blown open or something. But the whole thing had contents all over the place. And it was wet because it had been raining outside, so it was wet, and they were all yucky. And and you're looking at it going, gosh, really? So everything, and then, of course, the valuable things were not there anymore. Surprise. I'm sure that was totally by coincidence. But there's a great place called Intervac International. It's a home exchange program that allows you to to browse homes so you can physically go overseas. You take, stay in a home. Today there are plenty of the Airbnbs and the VRBOs where you can stay in a home. Uh, I've done that a few times. I I don't know if you've ever done that. It's it's certainly a little weird. Uh, Let me tell you that. It is a little odd. It isn't something that... uh, I'm completely comfortable with yet. I I don't know. Maybe I will be. Maybe some people are much more comfortable with it. Uh, I I think I tend to uh, prefer hotels at the end of the day. Uh, Certainly, it's more expensive, especially if there's a group of you, three or four. If you have kids or grandkids, you're traveling with a group. It's much less expensive to have a home because the the, the rate is generally a flat rate. And there's usually a, a a washer and dryer and the refrigerator so you can save money on food, save money on traveling with clothes. So I like those things. That's the pros. The weird part is it's just a little weird. It's sometimes sparse. And I don't know. It's just it's just a weird part to who who we travel with. All right. When do you go over overseas and, and when you're traveling? Well, I, I've told you before, I think going on the shoulder seasons when I'm talking about Aprils and Octobers. I like that September, June, May, right? When the weather is right. But here's an important part of this when you're, when you're doing this kind of thing. Plan ahead of time. So where you are going, you physically, physically know the places as best as you can. What are their limitations? Where's the closest hospital? 
when we were traveling with a gentleman who had dialysis, we had to know where the dialysis locations were, so we had to stay re- relatively close to them. So that, that can add to the next part of, of what we're talking about, which is predictability, because I like the predictability in your Social Security check, right? You've heard me talk about that before. Uh, what is it that I really don't like? It's when your wages are garnished. And you might say, what does that mean? Well, let's talk about that. One of the biggest issues that we are seeing is your Social Security uh, check being garnished. And it isn't just to pay for what you might think of credit card debt or or failure to pay, uh, oh, I don't know, rent, right? You walk from a mortgage or or you walk from a uh, lease. No, no, no. Hey, guys, you ready? The bank is allowed to put garnishments on all sorts of things from alimony to child support. And I don't, you might say, oh, Eric, that's so cute. No, 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 back alimony, back child support. So if you don't pay your debts, creditors can get a court order to garnish your wages, including Social Security, depending on the debt and depending on what type of Social Security. For example, for most types of debts, like medical bills, personal loans, and credit cards, Social Security generally cannot be garnished to pay those debts. But if you owe money to a creditor, the creditor can go to a go to a court, get a, an order to take money from your bank account. So it isn't a surprise to figure out when somebody gets their Social Security check. Let's say you receive your Social Security check on the 10th of each month. So the moment it hits that account, the next day they, they put in their order or that same day, and they say, no, 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 we, we can't touch your Social Security but the moment it goes into a savings account, it becomes something else. And what it, el- what it becomes is just a deposit with the rest of your money. And so these creditors can, the money goes in, boom, they can snatch it right out. And it was there for 15 minutes. And now it is out of your account. So if your Social Security check is direct deposited by the, into the bank, the bank is required to protect Social Security benefits from garnishment. However... The bank is required to look and to determine, is this money Social Security or what? But let me tell you this. Don't expect, in my opinion, them to be accurate all the time. And don't expect them to not go, oops, we're sorry. Send us a letter in triplicate that's notarized and prove it. So here's an example. If you're supposed to receive a Social Security check of $1,500 a month, the bank is required to allow you to use up to 3000 in your account. In other words, that's going to be protected, two months. However, it can freeze the entire amount of your bank account if you're not careful. Okay, so just know that if you have certain debts, Social Security can be garnished to pay for those. What are they? Federal taxes. They'll take it before you even get it. Federal student loans. Bye-bye. Child support. Alimony. Victim restitution. Basically, any kind of federal debts or federal taxes. Basically, this is what they do. 15% of your Social Security check can be garnished. So for every $1,000, they can take 150 No matter how much is left, right? It doesn't matter. They're Tough luck if it's not enough to pay your bills. However, with student loans, they do allow you to keep 750 dollars per month. $750 a month. Don't spend it all in one place. There's no statute of limitations on student loan debt, so it doesn't matter how far back it goes. 
I've told you before that we've had 114, 115,000, depending on the, the numbers you use. But here's an important thing. Those are four-year-old numbers. Four years ago, we had 115,000 or so in garnishment. I'm going to guess, this is just an educated guess, so there is some, some education behind it. Somewhere in the neighborhood, I think student loans were probably close to 130, 140,000 Americans that are collecting Social Security that are having their Social Security checks, wages garnished. That means they're taking it from you before you get it. Not just the bank account, not just going in and seizing the bank account, but taking it from you before you get it. This is this matters because for seniors, it's about a third of your income is Social Security. Right? So so if you're living on three thousand dollars a month, if that's what it takes, that's the income you're receiving. Some of it is your personal retirement accounts, some of it is your pension, whatever. If three thousand is the number, about a thousand of it is social security. And now they take fifteen percent of it. So now they've taken hundred and fifty dollars. So the point is, do you want a pay raise or a pay de- decrease? So we need to make sure that you are not in your early 50s taking out student loans to go back to school or worse, are you ready for this? Worse, do not take out a student loan for your child. It's called a parent plus loan. And I know many of you have and it's too late, but here's the important part. If you did, do not take out anymore. Sit down with them and have a conversation and say, guys, I can't do this. But dad, you don't understand. And da, da, da. No, no, no. What you don't understand is you partied on the weekend. You went to New Orleans over the weekend. You went to, what are you doing? Well, dad, I just, you know, school is so hard. Well, yeah, working is hard. Living is hard. If you don't have one or two jobs along with school, then why am I taking out a student loan? I'm working so that you can party? Right? It doesn't make sense. Now, listen, if you're working or you're borrowing the money under your name, uh, Mrs. Student, then party your whatever, man. Live your life. You want to party, do it, because you're going to have to pay the price. You're going to be married with three kids uh, and still paying back this student loan. So that's your problem. But don't, as a senior, as somebody in their 50s or 60s, take out a parent plus loan. You've heard me say this before, guys, but listen, as clients come into my office weekly, we see mistakes that they made and problems. So don't do it. There's all sorts of, but you don't understand. I told Susie, if she gets into Stanford, I'll pay for it. All you have to do is work and get into, you know, if you get into USC, I'll cover it. Yeah, buddy, she was two. The economy was different and you had a job with the big company. Today you're broke. Or today, you you don't have the funds. I get it, but just no is the answer. Sorry, Susie, you were two when I made that promise to you, and I don't have money. But I'll do my best. Look, I will help you pay as we go. So if this month I have $100 extra, I will give you $100. If next month I don't have anything, you get nothing. Or I'm willing to cover you up to a certain dollar figure because it's money you have set aside. But when you use your retirement account to pay for your child's college or grandchild's college, just know you have to take out a lot more because it can push you into another tax bracket. So, oh, it's only $10,000, but you're going to have to pull out fifteen dollars or $18,000 from your retirement account. 
So it's not 10000 It's fifteen or 18000 Pull out that money, pay the taxes, state and federal, and then pay for your child's college. And you might say, listen, I'll do it, but two years of community college, maybe more if you want to go. I don't care. Figure it out. That's where you take the classes. That's where you figure out what you're going to do. And if you're going to get a, a, a cheese ball degree, so to speak, right, underwater basket weaving, and I don't want to insult the, all the other humanities and liberal studies that mean nothing when it comes to getting a degree of, uh, to getting a job with any real pay, right? You just check a box, college degree. Yep. Next. Now, if you're going to be a scientist, I get it. If you want to be a physician or, or a dentist or a, an attorney, I got it. Yep. No problem. But for most of you that are going to get a job and you have to have a college degree, you go to the Cal State system. You get the lowest cost degree you can afford, period, because nobody cares. Now, if you say, oh, I want to work in government, I want to work uh, in this law firm, in investment banking, and I have to go to Georgetown, okay, get it, got it. But now you're talking real dollars in, in your pay at year one. But community college for the first two years, then go to the school that fits the degree in which you want to earn, no problem, and make sure that what you're doing is you're getting a job where it's within reason, so you're not stuck trying to figure out, uh, you know, how, how long am I going to take to pay this back, right? You have to have a plan, and the plan is to pay this back monthly or quarterly. And when you do that, and the numbers work, great, sign me up. But what I don't want you to do is to take out a student loan, guys, where you're now on a fixed income budget. And remember, you were on one anyway. You were on one before called your job. You can't just go and make more money. You're always on a fixed income unless you have a sales job or some sort of income that you can say, oh, I'm going to ramp it up. I'm going to sell more widgets. Okay, great. Now I'm going to back it off. Because what I don't want you to do is to be somebody who goes into a position of retirement or worse, like somebody this week said, sorry, I can't retire because I have two student loans, a son and a daughter. I said, okay, what are they doing? Well, one is a waitress. She was a bartender, but she seems to make more money as a waitress. I go, what does she have a degree in? And she told me, I won't, I won't tell you. What school is it? I'm not going to tell you that either. Just starts with UC and ends in LA. And by the time you're done with that, oh, but she had to be part of a sorority and she had to go and, and live in the dorms and she had to, okay, but why is it that you have $60,000 in student loan debt and how much is she paying back? Well, our arrangement, I was like, what do you mean your arrangement? What does that mean? Our arrangement was that I would pay for her student loan debt and she would pay for her living expenses. You know, the cost for school. Come on, you guys. It's, it's, listen, I, I love my kids. I will do almost anything for them. But you realize, what were you doing at that age? Right? Oh, I was married. I had two jobs. Okay, got it. Oh, but Arif, you're so out of touch. People today, they don't do that. People today, you know, they live, well, tough cookies, man. I'm not living with their life because I think the student loan debt is the next financial crisis and it's going to hit you elderly people. 
the most, period. Listen, there was a huge article done in 2015 from Bloomberg. And it talked about student debt may be the next crisis facing elderly Americans. We've been covering this forever. And why I bring that up is because for most of you, this student loan debt as a senior, some of it is yours. Because you went back to work or you had to get your master's degree or you wanted to promote. So I'm going to encourage you to get that son of a gun paid off because the federal government can attach your pension, your Social Security, your bank account. It doesn't go away. There isn't a statute of limitations on it, just so you know. It isn't like, oh, well, as long as it's done by this. No, no. Done forever. Not true. And heaven forbid, right, you went to one of the schools up in the Ivy League, right, that same group that that thinks they're so much better than everybody else, right? It's the, uh, the ones that think that they run the country. The Connecticut's, the New Hampshire's, the Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Delaware, right? A recent article came out on Fox Business that said that because student debts now have suppressed $1.6 trillion, double of what it was just a decade ago, if you are in one of those five states, if your child is in one of those five states, the money that they owe is enormous. So how do you plan? Here's some tips. How do you plan if your child, rightfully or wrongfully, right, stuck? You know, maybe my son is 50 and his daughter is 23 and she has a student loan debt. And so I don't want to pass away and leave my money to them, which they're going to turn around and just have it garnished or, or seized by the government to pay off all these loans. The goal for me working my life and for, the, for them to have funds is simple. It's to give them a better standard of living in retirement. So what you do is make sure that you have a trust that's created, a living trust. Maybe in the irrevocable trust, you're going to check with your attorney and CPA. If you want our help as a certified estate planner, we can help with some of the income side of things. And we'd say, listen, how do we create so that the income that your family receives never goes away? Maybe the trust pays for their car payment directly. Maybe it pays for their auto insurance or their rent or their mortgage payment. So that it, the ownership of the funds is never the person who may have uh, debt issues, who may have student loan issues, right? The son who is working so hard at 27 years old at a manager, as a manager of a fast food place, nothing wrong with them. Good kid, works hard. Lives in a, in a house, rents a room, in fact, because there's four or five or six of them living in a house. But that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to work your tail off. You're supposed to sacrifice. You're supposed to have roommates and, and try to figure out life. And then save your money and get promoted and go find another job and then get promoted and then you know get up to the place where the, they go, wow, you have potential. You're a hard worker. We want to pay you 150000 a year to manage our team of but. Or you go the other path and say, listen, I've been a manager at this fast food restaurant. I can, I can run one of these. I would do this differently or that differently. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to save up my money and I'm going to open up my own franchise or my standalone business, sandwich or hamburgers, whatever it is. And so that person can create, if you will, an opportunity to live and get out of their own mess. And you can change your trust again. 
right? Right now, if they seem like flakes and they're just trying to figure it out. And listen, it's the old story, right? Uh, In the South, right? In Tennessee, I might have a feud with my cousin. And I can call him names, but heaven forbid if you call him a name because it's my cousin. Nobody messes with my family. I can, but you can't, right? Or like in New York or my dad from the Middle East. There's always a problem with a cousin or a brother or sister, whatever it is. But it's very tribal. Don't Nobody else from the outside gets to say. So you might be the person that says, nobody calls my kids flakes, slackers, lazy son of a gun. All right, fine, then you can. And you know, guys, how do I keep you from going broke? Listen, the goal for my retirement account, kids, was just so that you'd never run out of money. There are financial products. We use fixed accounts, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. If anybody tells you, I'm a, I'm a registered financial professional that sells everything, you go, uh-oh. What are you good at? Well, I'm good at... Uh, uh, no, no, no. Okay, so when, then what are you great at? I get it. You think you're good at everything. Fine. Maybe you are. But what are you great at? Because... Don't work with people, in my opinion, right? I don't. When my son had to have brain surgery or I had to have new brakes put on my car, I know they're not the same, of course, in in urgency, but understand one thing, guys. I went to the expert in each one of those fields. I didn't have the transmission guy also change my oil and work on my brakes. You wouldn't do that, right? I I wouldn't let the the quick lube uh, jiffy guy down the corner also handle my air conditioning and my brakes. They may be good at a couple of things, but I don't get a second chance to stop. Right? You don't get a second chance to have guarantees and income. You want people that are experts in those fields that, have, that do it every single day. If you want risk, find the guy that's good at risk. Go, be, go do it. Knock it out of the park. You want safety, that's what we do. Protect your principal, that's what we do. Welcome to the Total Financial Hour, guys. Thanks for staying with me on AM870, The Answer. I'm Arif Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services. Your place for news, talk, and information. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Go make it a great week. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Learn about financial power. Total Financial Hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.